Due to suggestive adult themes and dialogue, this podcast is intended for adults. In other words, the truth is ugly, so we get ugly right along with it. Everything we say is out of love for ourselves, our people, and our community. Sincerely, the Green Route Podcast. All right, y'all. So welcome to Green Route, the relaunch, the revamp, the re-whatever. I, I don't know. It just happened to be the day after indictment day, so I feel like the Lord is with us. This is a uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a celebration. Um yeah, man. So we took a little bit of a, a break. Um, GS is still with us. He will be a reoccurring guest. So I wanted to point that out because I know a lot of people were asking. Um, but yeah, he is starting a really amazing media company called um, Allison Oak that he is focusing on as well as Black Canvas growing a lot. And so, yeah, I decided to kind of take the reins and invite some of my most favorite people to co-host with me. But you all will see GS again. Um, so speaking of some of my most favorite people, y'all. Um, not only is she my line sister, and that's actually what brought us together, um, the impeccable Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, um, who actually just got uh, Justice Katanji um, Brown-Jackson. That's right. I did, did you know about that? I, I did. I, I heard about it when it happened. I saw a picture and was like, wait, what? Yeah. That's cool. I mean, the whole lineup was really fire. Who else was on it? Um, there was... Deborah Lee, I believe. From uh, BT CEO? Yes, okay. She was on there. Got there it. was a whole bunch of people. Let me let me not let me not misspeak. Okay. But she a little light skinned for us, but it works. It I we, thought AKA was gonna pick her up. I, we have a whole lineup and I do not I want it. to misquote if I could get to my phone, I could have the list. Okay. But we have a whole lineup of really phenomenal women. Look. I think the um I want to say it's the president of like MSNBC or something like that. Okay, I don't know who um, that is. Something like that. Okay. But, I'm not I didn't, going, I'm first not of all, I didn't know the president of MSNBC was a sister. So that's different. That's different for that's me. That's a new thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, when you said we have a whole lineup, um, we obviously have Laura K. Wise, who is, uh, how how long we have been in this thing now? Uh, 12, 12, 13 years? Something like that. 12. 12 or 13 in, in, in Delta. Um, <laughs> but yeah, y'all, she is, she is my long sister, but also um, probably one of the people who told me never write uh, anything for free again and um, got me into the freelance world. So she is a communications guru. Um, she's a owner and founder of Content Wise Communications as well as the BFF Network, a network for um, black female freelancers who are looking to uh, really take control of their careers and their lives and the type of work that they want to, to work on. Um, so yeah, freelance contractor, um, consultant, um, and she's super passionate about helping women to really create the life that they love. And I can say that I've seen Laura do this in that she's lived all over the world. She's traveled all over the world. Um, she's worked all over the world, like laptop on the beach type of type of deal. And she's teaching women how, how to do that. So I got Laura K. Wise with me, y'all. Um, one of my favorite people in the world, I promise y'all. And she's fly as the fuck. I got to I mean, who comes in just like awesome, <laughs> like, hey, y'all, I'm here to record. Like, really? You had to do me like that? I mean, girl, this is simple. This is a simple look I pulled together <laughs> this <sort of> today. Thing? <laughs> really? Okay. This is a simple look. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So, yeah, we we out here. Um, Laura, what's been going on with you? What you got going on? Ooh, how much time do we have for that question? Um, I feel like lots has been going on. Um, I... I am in a period of life where things are changing. Okay. You know, I think seasons um, change often for us. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm trying to reframe this as like, oh, this season has not been a bad season. It's just been a season where I've had to reevaluate okay. and like step back um, so I can come back better, you yeah. know, than, than I was before. So um, things are actually really good. I feel good. I feel blessed. I feel um, like I'm living my best life. That's awesome. I'm soft life, which is most important. I love um, it. I'm tapped into my soft life. Come on, so, soft life. You tired of being a big dog? I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm, t- you know, I feel like there's a balance. Yeah. You know, and I think I'm learning in this season. I think this season has taught me that you, you got to do both sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, you know, hitting it 24 seven yeah. because you get tired, yeah. you burn out. And I definitely burned out. So, okay. um, I'm working out, I'm eating well, I, I am vacationing, you know, I'm also still working hard. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not, you know, let's not get that twisted because I got to pay the bills, but also. <laughs> and um, the bills are only going up. They the only get more they expensive. Coming. <laughs> they, yeah. they don't stop coming. So, um, so yeah. So I love that. Overall, I'm good. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, no, nah, I, I always love to, to see us win. Um, and you know, specifically when us is attached to me, yeah. <laughs> it's even, yeah. it's even, it's even better. So yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, let's go on and get into, uh, this, this politics so we can cuss and, um, okay. drink liquor by the way. Um, Laura got here and I was sipping on some moonshine that Real moonshine, y'all. A, a very it's good a friend dark. of mine brought from Greenwood, Mississippi. And yeah, I feel like all my troubles have been cured by drinking this moonshine. You know, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. Like if I had any type of infection or <laughs> ailment, it, it is gone now <laughs> with this moonshine. Uh, allergies, just sniff it and, yeah. and that's good. It's if you gone. got a cold, you know, yeah. just knock a shot back. It may hurt, but, but it's good. And then Laura is, uh, drinking on what you got, what you got over here? Some I wine. Some wine. I, I opted to opt out of the moonshine. Okay. Smart. Yeah. But <laughs> I do have some wonderful red wine here. I love it. Um, so it's happy hour. I love it. All right. So if you out here, uh, some cussing with the politics is because of the liquor. All right. So let's go on and hop into these five things, y'all. Uh, first things first. So I don't know if y'all have seen um, the HBO movie about Henrietta Lacks, um, the woman whose sales, I mean, I literally mean her, her body sales, right, are apparently at the base of so many um, medical breakthroughs. So the story goes that in 1951, I believe, um, uh, Miss Hen- Henrietta Lacks went into one of the few hospitals that would treat um, lower income African-Americans. She was complaining of vaginal bleeding. So she went <laughs> to uh, John Hopkins, actually, mm-hmm. and um, and they saw her and they found a tumor. And so they, you know, took, <clears throat> I guess, a culture of the tumor to to see what was going on. And after doing a bunch of testing, they realized that she had some very special things going on with her cells in that apparently they could replicate themselves at like a greater rate than the majority of us. From there, um, I mean, medical breakthroughs became crazy and <clears throat> her cells, I'm a, I, do they call them lack cells, I believe, or lack? Uh, something like that. Yeah. So I believe the lack cells um, have been used in everything from vaccines to, to um, um you know, cutting edge treatments. So her family um, not only wanted to tell the story, right, of this woman who had her cells taken without without her knowledge. I want to point that out, right? This was without her knowledge. She did not know that 
her tissue, her cells were actually being tested on or that they were even taken. So her, her family wanted to tell the story. Um, I believe it was Oprah Winfrey found out about the story and was like, ooh, let's make a movie. And um, HBO ended up making this film, which I think taught a lot of us about who Henrietta Lacks was mm -hmm. and you know what she had done for modern medicine. But her family also came back and was like, hey, whoa, she never gave you consent to test on her cells, to take her cells or anything like that. And so the family lawyered up. Of course, and with Ben Crump. No, yes, okay. yeah. Ben Crump is just doing what Ben <laughs> Crump does. These wait, I saw him somewhere else today. No, it was the Henrietta Lacks thing. Yeah. I'm tripping. Yeah. But yeah, like Ben Crump. I mean, where did he come? Like a few years ago, he just kind of appeared on the scene, and it was know, just like, I mean, damn, he's taking all of these heavy hitter, you know, cases. Yeah. And, so. and doing a great job. Like he's getting some really big wins for, for folks who really need to find justice. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also setting precedent for future cases um, wherein, you know, we, we, you know, things like people getting pulled over for no reason and killed, right, with their hands up and things like that. So Ben Crump really is at the forefront. So the family lawyered up and um, ended up settling with um, the biotech firm that took the cells, tested on them, created all these amazing vaccines and, and cures to things. And yeah, now the family is apparently going to be living their best life. But Lord, one thing that that we maybe think about is <laughs> the distrust in the U.S. amongst communities of color. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I could say even LGBTQ communities, mm -hmm. women, mm -hmm. native communities, right? And the fact that a lot of the time we are at the center of um, a lot of this kind of cutting edge testing and, you know, let's go into this neighborhood or go into this community and test this thing. And then they wonder when something like you know, COVID-19 happens, why people don't necessarily want to put their arm out to get a vaccine, because there is this massive and longstanding history of our country not always having our our best mm -hmm. interests at heart when it comes to actually curing us rather than using us as kind of test dummies. Yeah. So I have a lot to say about this, but yeah. I'm going to try to make it really succinct. Um, so one, one thing is funny is that I was, as I was preparing for this and I was reading like the stories in the background about this, the company that shall remain nameless that was doing the testing on her, mm. I've actually done some work for them. Mm. And I didn't know about this history literally until today. Mm -hmm. So number one, that's a thing. Okay. Um, and number two, I work a lot in healthcare these days um, okay. and in health equity okay. specifically. Um, and yes, it is very true that things have been done, unfortunately, to black communities, black and brown communities, but specifically black communities mm -hmm. that we can point back to. Like we we all know the examples like we can point back to Henrietta Lack, mm -hmm. we can point back to the Tuskegee Airmen and yes. all these things. Yeah. Um, one thing that I will say working in the healthcare space right now is that um, healthcare works, science works um, and there is a concerted effort, I think, in the healthcare community to push a focus on health equity mm. um, and to try to right some of the wrongs that have been done. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm working on a project right now, just really high level, that's focusing on clinical trials. You know what I mean? And mm. like, what does that mean for Black people to get involved in clinical trials, knowing that we do have this really complicated history with healthcare? Yeah. Um, but 
I think, you know, the real thing is that we don't talk about like today because we're trying to figure out how to get messages out there in the right way is that if black people do not participate in clinical trials, the diseases that we are trying to solve for that, you know, companies are trying to solve for are not as effective on us because they do not also have our material to work with. That's right. Right. So. Um, so I'm, I'm an advocate for, for health and science. I mean, yeah, inclusive, yeah, equitable inclusive, health. Equitable, and, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think, you know, again, like, I think we have to think about that in every way. Like, how are we marketing? You know, mm-hmm. like, what are the materials? How are we writing them? And what publications are we talking about mm-hmm. these things? Right. Like, it's not just, we need you to join clinical trials, but we need to create a more inclusive healthcare experience where black people specifically feel heard yeah. when they're going to emergency rooms, when they're going to their doctors. Like I have talked to people who have literally been gaslighted by their doctors. I know people who have almost died giving birth. You know what I mean? Like, so there are issues. And even if you don't know people personally, like we, we hear about celebrities, right? Like, like Serena Woods was, I think a big wake up call for all of us. Cause here's this, you know, multi million dollar, amazing athlete who her body is her business. Literally her body is her business. And when she told doctors, I don't feel right after yeah. giving birth to her first baby, which I think she's pregnant again she with is, another girl. Yes, right. So congratulations to her. But, um, but yeah, like, you know, she literally told these doctors, like I, something is wrong. Yeah. And this woman lives in her body for a living. Like that's what she does. And they, they brushed her off like, Oh, there's, and she, it, I think it ended up being a blood clot. It was, yeah. um, that, that literally could have killed her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it, it just amazes me. And to be honest, I never experienced, issues in healthcare until crazy enough, I was in Texas and I started experiencing autoimmune issues. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you, you know, when you experience autoimmune issues, your body is going haywire. You have no idea what's happening. Yeah. And I remember I went to the doctor and instead of her actually looking me over and like really inspecting what was happening and there were outward signs that something systemic was happening in my body, she sat across from me so dismissive yeah. and was just like, oh, it's just hyperpigmentation. I was like, well, I've never had hyperpigmentation in my life. So maybe it's worth it to look into what's happening. And it wasn't until I went to another doctor um, who then was just like, mm, something here isn't right. And she actually referred me mm-hmm. to a black dermatologist right. who was able to say, yeah, something isn't right here. And they yeah. were they were able to figure out. But it it was then that I realized like, like, Oh, this is what these women have been talking about for so long. Cause I had never seen that before. Someone that dismissive about what I'm telling you is happening with my body. I mean, so two things come to mind. One is cultural competency, Mm. which is, you know, a huge buzzword, Mm -hmm. but like it's, it's a real thing that is, you know, circulating its way through healthcare communities and just making sure that healthcare providers have, the training, Mm -hmm. you know, they have the background and understanding of different populations so that they're not dismissive in these ways. Right. And there's a lot of training that needs to be done. I mean, you know, like this is not by any means, like we're not there. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's training that needs to be done. Um, And also this term racial concordance, which is a Mm. new term that I have learned recently, which is when people of color have doctors that look like them, it's just a better experience and result. You know what I mean? like my whole care team is black intentionally okay incredibly intentionally you know what I mean because I'm like I can talk to you in a way 
that I feel like you understand and you hear me. Mm -hmm. And I've also had experiences where I felt like, okay, I'm not really being heard. Or yeah. I'm, I'm being dismissed. Right. So I feel like, you know, when you think about going to someone that looks like you, who's a professional, you know, whether they're an, an eye doctor, whether they're your OB, right. whatever it may be. Right. Um, I'm going to a black dermatologist in Cedar Hill tomorrow. So, you know, come on, black like, dermatologist, shout out to um, her, whoever she whoever, is. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember her name, but we, we, we'll see tomorrow. Shout out to the black dermatologist. Shout in Cedar out Hill. to her. Um, but yeah, so that's good stuff. You know, that there that, is work being done. Yeah. I, that's one thing I can say is that these situations are unfortunate, mm -hmm. but I am thankful to be in a space to where now I'm aware that there is work being done. Yeah. And also when you go into a doctor's office and you start talking like, oh yeah, this has happened. I've had these tests. This is where I've been before. Mm -hmm. This is my doctor. They approach you different because yeah. they're like, oh, she knows she talks she, about it. I yeah. can't, you know, just dismiss her concerns. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. I'm here. And, you know? and, and dead ass, like that's what this show is about because when you are informed and when you can speak to a certain level of you know mm -hmm. with a certain level of knowledge like people treat you differently mm -hmm. i will never forget like watching a friend of mine go through the justice system and because he had people who were able to like speak the language yeah. of middle america they treated him completely different than someone who walked in there without representation left to kind of a public defender so not only healthcare, like yeah. when you are informed about how the system works and really the inequities there and what you do about that. Mm -hmm. I really do think people have to handle you differently because they, they, they're like, Oh, well shit. I can't, I can't really play with this one no. <laughs> in the same way. Exactly. So, so yeah. All right. We spent a lot of time on that. We got to, uh, sorry, I was so passionate. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we got to move on to something. I think that I'm just as passionate about okay. y'all. Um, second story. Like, can we talk about aliens? Can we? Yes. We can. <laughs> Did, did you expect us to jump there? Did you? I did because I saw the prep email. So I, I'm <laughs> She prepared. read the prep email for I my future guests. You see that? <laughs> she read the prep email. All right. First of all, I, I really just want to get your thoughts. Like, mm -hmm. do you think that we have seen visits that like these claims are true? Personally, yes, I do. Okay. Personally. Okay. Um, Because not that I'm like, oh, I've seen it or whatever. I just think. Our world is so big, mm -hmm. the earth, mm -hmm. okay? The earth is a really small dot in a universe. Talk. Inside the universe, mm -hmm. there are galaxies. Mm. And there are galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies. Mm -hmm. So we are small fries compared to all that's out there. Yeah. So, and this is just one universe of however, however many. many. We, we can't even count how we many there are. Know how, we, yeah. we cannot conceive yep. the amount of universes that there are. Mm -hmm. So- I say yes, because is it plausible that there's earth outside of earth? I mean, life outside of earth? Absolutely. 100,000%. I would even say that statistically, it, it's overwhelmingly like possible. Like mm -hmm. it, it almost has to be. Right. We can't be the only one. Do that, we really think that? How arrogant! Like, we can't. We can't <laughs> be the only one. How arrogant! Us, like they're so basic. They're probably so advanced. <laughs> what? What's the uh, the means? I was like, aliens probably lock their doors when they roll past <laughs> Earth. The ghetto. The ghetto. Because it is though. It. it <laughs> shit. It's melting. Uh, my niece told me. <laughs> my, my niece told me this weekend. She was like, "We're it. There will be no more after this." I mean, what we have done to our planet, to our home, to our world is just insane. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole point of this story, y'all, is to really talk about what happened in the congressional hearing and mm -hmm. really the 
the the response of social media and mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly the country. Mm-hmm. So okay. So there was a congressional hearing that um that went down. There were members of um like National Defense, um, NASA and um the Homeland Security Commission, I believe. And so they had three whistleblowers. All three of these guys were um, former military personnel who had said they claimed that they had they had encountered some type of unidentified phenomenon, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> they testified that you know they had seen craft that could not have been um, using technology that we have knowledge of here on this planet. And then they testified that there was a secret UFO or uh, UAP, I think they're calling it now, retrieval program, Mm -hmm. where I guess when these things crash or when they're seen, they're like these secret people that go out and retrieve them and bring them back to some type of secret area. Mm -hmm. There was also testimony that that they believe the Pentagon and the U.S. government is in possession of non-human beings that were piloting these craft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I, I will say that the whistleblower said all of these things. The people on the commission on the committee never really said like, oh yeah, we can confirm or deny those things. They were more so listening and asking mm-hmm. kind of probing questions from these whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. A few things that came out of this is um, the committee did say that they would continue to hold hearings about this. Um, they also said that they would potentially set up an investigative committee to kind of figure out, you know, what's going on and what these whistleblowers are talking about. So that's a lot. It, it, it was interesting enough, right? They're not going to do that. Right. Okay. It, it was interesting enough. So long story short, you get on social media the same day and like all of like the alien UFO followers are like, I told y'all that they've been holding on to these bodies. Now I want to say that, the U.S. government never really on record solidly, concretely confirmed that they are in possession of any aircraft or any beings. But I, like you, mm-hmm. 100% believe that something is happening because we have heard too many stories from too many different places to spread out across this world. And there's no way that the stories of a random village in Africa mm-hmm. was corroborated with a story from a town in Brazil. And by the way, you can look both of those things up. And there are school children in Africa who said that they saw beings. And there's a whole town in Brazil that said that they saw beings. We saw the, the Las Vegas thing come out not too long ago. Yeah. You know, we we know that there are there is actually video footage of things that we cannot explain that have been seen yeah. in our skies. So I am I am like you in that I have never been one to believe that we are so great and so grand that we could be the only mm-hmm. intelligent. And I put that in heavy quotes, y'all. Heavy quotes. <laughs> Both at home. <laughs> heavy quotes. We cannot be the only intelligent species out here when you yeah. think about the blip that we are not only in the vastness of infinity and of all the universes that we can't even fathom. Yeah. Um. Have have you seen the movie uh, Horton Hears a Who? The doctor based on the Doctor Seuss book. Maybe no. Let's it's um so it's Jim Carrey with all of his brilliance. 
Um, but he played the elephant and the elephant found a dandelion and the, the dandelion had a speck on mm -hmm. one of its like little stems. And there was a world on that speck. And because the elephant had such huge ears, he was the only one who could hear the world. Okay. And I'm thinking like, I was telling a friend, Ronald, I was like, what if we are that speck on a dandelion yeah. that, you know, like that's actually yeah. part of a greater world. Yeah. We really don't know. Yeah. We genuinely don't know. And for us to believe that we're the only ones is just insane to yeah. me. Um, I have two theories and y'all roll with me on this. Okay. We rolling. If we are truly being visited, here's what I believe. Okay. Number one. My first theory is that it is us from the future mm. coming. We, we figured out time travel. We can, we can figure out how to fold space time somehow. Mm. And we've come back. Um, mm. Shout out to the movie um, Interstellar that taught me a lot about this. Um, <laughs> but we figured that out and maybe they're coming back to warn us of something. We have seen the calamity that we have caused on our planet. Things are worse than I ever remembered. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I was talking to my grandmother and she was like, no, nah, shit is bad. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, now I've been through Jim Crow. Oh, <laughs> Shit is bad. No. Right? So, so, so that's one of my, like, maybe there is a warning, like, hey, y'all are literally melting your planet right now. What are you doing? Literally. And it could be them ensuring that they are able to survive by fixing this canon event, right? Shout out to everybody who's a Spider Man fan and who saw, you know, into the multiverse. Um, the second thing, is that there's some type of like more intelligent species maybe that's coming back yeah. to warn us about just our behavior and what we've become mm -hmm. um, as a species. Like we really have dove into, I think, like this level of humanity that maybe we haven't seen in centuries where... Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we were just talking about every man for himself. We walk past yeah. atrocities yeah. and not help one another. Yeah. Like we, we have become just inhumane in so many ways. And, and maybe it is some type of more intelligent, more peaceful species, yeah. you know, looking at us from afar. Like, should we even talk to them? Should we save them or should we just let them destroy themselves? But that's my thoughts. Your thoughts? So I have a couple of thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of random, but just, you know, go with me. I'm going to roll with you. So... One, we have to think back to very recently the Chinese spy balloon. Okay. Okay. So during that time when the Chinese spy balloon situation was happening, that wasn't identified as a Chinese spy balloon. Mm -hmm. But there were also like four other accounts of like, you know, the Air Force shooting things out of the air. Okay. And we never had an explanation for that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there was a lot of energy on the Chinese spy balloon, but I'm like, but y'all shot something down over Alaska. Are y'all going to tell us what that is? <laughs> what the fuck no. was that? <laughs> no, we don't know. They never told us what that was. Okay. That for me, I'm just going to say. And I do time. remember that because that was just a couple weeks after. That was a couple, the, there yeah. was like several, yeah. there were like four things, three or to four things that happened. The skies were going crazy. Yeah. Like straight after Yeah. That. And I'm like, and I feel like it was just so much energy on it because this spy balloon was in the air. So now they, you know, talking about all these things in the air. Can I, can I say, why did we use a million dollar missile to shoot down a balloon? Like a thumbtack wouldn't have done. That was literally what I was about to say. Anytime the Air Force fires a weapon outside 
of their freaking fighter jet. How much? How many tax dollars is that? Yo, so you are accountable to tell us what you shot down. Y'all scramble four, five jets for fighter a jets. Fighter jets. Unbelievable. Like, y'all think we in war is what you tell us. Wasteful by sending fighter jets out to shoot things down that you then don't don't tell us what they are. Unbelievable. Now, y'all, a BB gun would have done it. Listen. Wait, if someone heard from the government what those things were, please correct us. Let because us from my knowledge, and I was paying attention to that because I thought it was strange. Heard what those I, yeah. Okay, so you. I will say that. Okay. Okay. So then to your point, number two, to your point of people being in like different places and like hearing the same story. Okay. Now go with me here. Okay. I believe in mermaids. And I ask everybody. Tell me more. I'm going to take some of your wine while you tell me about this. One second. (laughs) I ask everybody if they believe in mermaids because I'm not saying mermaids look like Ariel or Mm -hmm. Halle Bailey. You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. saying that there could be like a fish like animal that appears to have two arms and a tail and could have a human esque top form. I'm not saying it's got hair and it's a siren, right? Maybe, but I don't know. But okay. I don't know. Okay. So my point being that- Why do you believe in mermaids? Did, did, have you seen something? Have I you? haven't seen them. Okay. But my, so the point is, to your point about the aliens, there have been several sightings around the world of this thing that looked like this. Okay. You know? And that are like, you know, back then they weren't connected. They mm-hmm. didn't even send a freaking telegram. Yeah, that's send, real. Know, that far. That's real. So for me, when there are different cultures that have like these ancient stories- that all kind of point to something similar. Mm-hmm. I feel like there must be something to it. I'm, Somebody I'm, saw something. My grandma used to say, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Pretty much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, pretty much. So okay. I do believe in mermaids. That's why. Um, and again, I don't think that they necessarily look like Ariel, but I think that it could be a fish thing. And also, going back to space, we have explored more space in this world than we have ocean. Yes. And our ocean is 70% of earth yes that titan thing <laughs> like let me not get into that because that's a whole Lord. but listen <laughs> how long did it take them to figure out <laughs> the titan thing and to get the people to be able to get that low they're like we haven't got that low before it's too low like that's right here on earth <laughs> can i say the way you fools acted up on social media about this goddamn submarine I was, and I, and I, I should not revel in the depth of anyone, no, of but the I way am. we act, like, the jokes. but, but it, it all, I, like, I mean, and not to get too, like, you know, anti-capital or capitalistic, right? But I do think it shows that, like, people are sick of, like, super wealthy people just wasting money on shit, like, going to see the Titanic. Pretty much. Which brings <laughs> me to point three. Okay. And this is my last point. The rich, now that they are, are, are now diving, they're also is a space race that's yes. right now. Yes. So our billionaires, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. Bezos, Bezos, and uh, the British one, uh, Virgin, Airlines, Virgin Airlines guy, yeah, mm-hmm. um, are all investing a lot of money to getting to space, to getting to different planets, to potentially colonize them because this one's burning up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just think that. I think that there's something to it. I think the thing that I can't understand is like, why would they not just tell us? What would be the government's fear in telling us that this is real? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like mass panic? Like, you know, because we, aliens have been so, um, you know, personified in movies in different ways. Like, I don't I don't know why 
if this is the case, which I believe it very well could be the case. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I know or I've seen it. I'm just saying like probability wise. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't think it's me and you or people that look like me and you that they have to worry about. Cause I'm, I'm like hundred percent. I'm on the side of peace. I am not interested in shooting a nuclear weapon, a gun or anything at, yeah. at anything that's coming here in peace. Yeah. Like yeah. I already told uh, the the three letter agencies that if they need a welcome committee, go on and put me on it, bro. Because I am more than happy to carry the message yeah. of humans to the message of whatever extraterrestrials are coming here yeah. to figure out. Like I I really do believe that they they think there's going to be mass panic, but they forget that there are those of us who are just built differently, and yeah. that yeah. we don't have to shoot everything. That yeah. we don't understand. <laughs> well, that's the American way now, and that—that's what I fear. That's I kid you not. I, I fear that if we—if something truly does reveal itself, plain, plain sight to us, that they will begin to shoot at it. Yeah, for sure. And I'm gonna be honest: if there is something that has gotten to our planet, they figured out how to get here, how to fold space time or whatever. They're obviously smarter and more advanced. Their weaponry and technology has to be more advanced than ours. We start shooting at it, and they shoot back. Mm-hmm. We're done. We're done. We're d- we won't serve. Don't shoot. Right. <laughs> Hands up. Listen. listen Don't shoot. Listen. And this is what the movies are about, right? Maybe they, yeah. they've spent all of this time. I mean, because we know in this country, entertainment is our biggest industry. Mm-hmm. Whether we want to talk about it or not. We export, yeah, our culture. Our yeah. culture, mm-hmm. our entertainment industry. And I think they vilified aliens, right? Maybe aliens were always coming in peace and we started to shoot at them and then they like they attacked like, us. Fuck around we don't fact, ever what? know. Right? Yeah. You know, so, you know, th- those are my thoughts. I, you know, I think it's quite probable that there are aliens. If you, okay, so we're going to, we're going to wrap up this topic. Beings, whatever. If one walks in here right now, what are we doing? We're going to pour it a drink. I, yeah. And they're going to sit down and they're going to, they're going to chat with we us. We on the same page. Mm-hmm. So if there are any extraterrestrials that are interested in being on the green route. Laura Wise and Marlissa Collier. But I will say I'm very scary. So I need like ample warning. Like can't nobody just roll. We're going to get you some of this like, moonshine. No. Calm that down. Bring that on down. <laughs> We're going to put up a glass of moonshine, y'all. I can't have things popping up on me. So I need to like, we need to have a communication. You, like, you want to invite? You want to come in here? Okay, come very slowly. Like I'm, I'm going to keep the dogs slowly. in the back because Please. they might freak out. They would definitely. But yeah, I do like the idea of like, like, let me pour you a drink. I don't know what you drink on your planet or where you come from, but here's maybe they know English, maybe they don't. Hey, no, we don't know. We don't. I mean, we got rhythm. Y'all like music? Can we can we throw some of that on? Universal language. Y'all y'all eat? There's some chicken in there. That's a good point. They may not eat though, but they. I feel like they would know music. Music, food, what like rhythm, whatever, a smile. Yeah. Y'all like hookah? We got hookah. Yes. Something. Yes. We'll figure out a way we'll to make them feel out. comfortable. It will be nice. It will be lovely. <laughs> I love it. All right, y'all. We've been spending a lot of time on these topics. All right, let's let's go down to Florida. Let's go down to Florida, y'all. Um, we got to talk we, about. Must we? We we got to. Cause we we in Texas, so we are in Texas. I mean, we yeah. barely doing any better at this you, point you, than you're right. <laughs> Florida. Let's not get a pussy right. All right, so a, a big story that's been in the news for um, weeks now <clears throat> is the um, the African-American history curriculum for middle school students in particular in Florida. Mm-hmm. Now, as a reminder, y'all, um, Governor Ron DeSantis, who is also running for president, he's behind Trump right now. He's actually pretty far behind Trump, but he is the kind of, you know, second runner up um, behind Trump for the Republican nomination. 
he has been really championing champion championing yes. <laughs> this uh culture war he is you know, like this anti-woke yep. you know rhetoric right in florida um if you haven't been paying attention everything from book bans to um bans on you know how trans and lgbt youth are handled in 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 the state um immigration policies that have left many a businesses without uh migrant workers um so the latest news was the florida board of education approved a 200 and i believe 12 page document outlining their new like curriculum right and what they're to teach for the upcoming school year part of that is african-american history for middle school students and so the big thing that everyone had kind of been focusing on is um very a very small part actually of the curriculum but it is very important because it states that some enslaved people actually benefited from the skills they learned while being enslaved and they could have potentially used those skills for personal gain. Um, mm. So say blacksmiths or seamstress or things like that. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the issue here is that our country has a big problem with confusing like personal gain and benefit with survival. Yeah. So think, think about being enslaved, right? Like everything you've ever known as far as your humanity if you're one of the first to come here has been stripped away from you now if you are born into it after generations of slavery all you know is that this is where you are on the cast yeah. <clears throat> in this country um so you obviously have to find a way to survive and the way a lot of people survive was to make themselves useful whether that was being the best picker whether that was being the best cook the best seamstress it was always about how do i make sure that I can stay here to keep my children and keep my family together or not be sold or not be killed or not be, you know, raped or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, there may have been people who learn skills and, and innately have been may have been good at certain things like blacksmithing or woodworking or whatever. But to even fix your mouth or your pen to say or write respectively <laughs> that these people who were enslaved. Mm -hmm. by force mm -hmm. chose mm -hmm. to make a survival skill a benefit to themselves is insane to me. Kamala Harris, our, our vice president was at the Delta Sigma Theta. Uh, so I, I love the diff that you just did. That was, that was cute. Annette would love that. I hope she's watching. Uh, <laughs> shout out to all the sorrows on the, on the live. Um, but you know, she, she called it out and was like, you know, it is, it really is them spitting in our faces to even say that our ancestors, you know, use such a, a dire and, and, and terrible situation to their own personal gain. Mm -hmm. So what I want to focus on though, is that that's actually just a very small part of, of what the curriculum says. If you read through it and it is on or, um, the Florida department of education, if you read that curriculum, y'all, it gets worse. Mm. It gets worse. So it not only removes the, the teachings and the writings of very prominent um, African-American speakers and writers, but it also begins to teach that that certain events, certain massacres, say the, the Tulsa race uh, riots and, and massacre, right? Mm -hmm. That 
it was perpetrated at the hands of some African Americans. Mm. Rather than saying that they were defending themselves from the mobs that were coming, mm -hmm. you know, on Black Wall Street, tearing down their businesses and their homes. Yeah. But then it also, and this is what kind of got me, it points to other countries who imported slaves during the slave, the, the uh, transatlantic slave trade <laughs> and said, oh yeah, like, you know, America, this is what we were doing over here, but it was worse over there. Look, and there are chapters of them explaining what was going on in the Caribbean and in Asia and in Europe, but this is African American history. Like we have, th there's nothing in there that, that should say, oh, we weren't that bad. Yeah. If you really look over there, weren't that it, it wasn't that bad. It was almost a deterrent from how yeah. terrible our situation was here by looking over to someone else and saying, well, at least y'all had food and water and clothes and shelter. Yeah, you may have been sold. You may have been used as a breeding slave or whatever. But over there where you were getting your fingers chopped off. So aren't you happy? It The curriculum is trash, period. And it's more than just saying yeah. that slaves benefited from the skills that they learned <laughs> from slavery. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Um, I am just personally, um, I'm very concerned with the direction of this country. Mm -hmm. And I am very concerned that facts are no longer facts, mm. right? Like if we look just generally, like there's a lot of complaint about the media. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, cannot quite pinpoint like what it was where like people just started making stuff up and saying that it was like the truth you know what i mean i don't know if it was like the advent of the internet and like everybody has an opinion so just when everybody has an opinion you who's just, yelling like, the loudest you want to say yeah you're popular you got a lot of <clears throat> followers or whatever it may be but um that's concerning to me mm -hmm. like i like i'm kind of a little bit at a loss for words because i'm just i I think that this is so incredibly unhealthy and I think that this is a self-fulfilling prophecy and we will never be great. We will never be great. Say it. Okay. Because we literally cannot even admit the atrocities that founded this country mm -hmm. that this country was built on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, I just like, I, I, are you familiar with Ray Dalio? No. Mm -mm. Okay. You would love him. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm writing it down. Stuff. Ray, but um, Ray Dalio is a um, he is a hedge fund manager. He okay. founded a huge um financial company, Bridgewater Capital. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it's called. Starts with a B. Bridgewater. I'm pretty sure that's right, but don't quote me. Um, I'll I'll send the link. Okay. Um, and he has been very successful. It's been one of the most successful hedge funds in like history. Um, and he has always attributed his success in his hedge fund to studying history, mm. not like 40 years ago, mm -hmm. like 300 years ago, 400 years ago. Like yeah. what was happening? What happened with the Dutch each East India yeah. trading company? Yeah. Right? Like not just, you know, 40 years ago. So his theory is he has this whole video called America's new world order. It's like mm. a 40 minute video. It's on YouTube. It's got like crazy views. Um, and it's all about essentially like the decline of the U.S., right? And it talks about he has all of these like um, criteria that he's judging it off of. It's okay. like eight different criteria. 
And he was like, if you look at past societies that were on top, it was first the Dutch. At one point, it was the English. Mm -hmm. right? It has been most recently the U.S. and America. Um, if you look at when these countries or when these dynasties started to fall, this is what was happening during that time for them okay. where things started to go wrong. And everything that he says, we are like doing like this. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is it is it the theory of like the, what is it, the 70 or 80 year cycle where yeah. history kind of repeats itself? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I've heard the theory, but I haven't heard yes. it. Yeah. It's, it's essentially that. It's okay. a cycle. I think it's longer than 70 <clears throat> to 80 years. Okay. It's, it is that. It's a cycle of economic prosperity got it and economic decline okay and a lot of what he points back to is when you start infighting over political things mm. right which means that you're you're not focused on the prize that's right the prize is building your economy yeah not arguing over social issues mm -hmm. because you're trying to be unfair or you're trying to literally lie to children in florida about the history of this country mm. you know what i mean so, yeah I'm just generally concerned um, that that's my only thought. And um, I'm getting my visa. Y'all I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I, you know, Laura, Laura said this to me where we, uh, before we started recording and she was like, you know, where are we going? And I think both of us start rattling off some of the same places where we know that there are expat communities of people who have, who have, yeah, jump ship because mm -hmm. it, it's real there. And I love that you talked about the, the decline, like, the empire is falling and we are literally watching. Empire. Yeah. We we're watching it fall. Um, it, as scary as it is, it's, it's also kind of cool to be part yeah. of history. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that weird to say? But can I tell you what bothers me though? Right? Okay. Like we literally started this podcast and we was like, Trump was indicted for what? The third time. This is number three. Fourth is probably on the way. Right. Yeah. Don't talk to me until you put him in jail. I don't care about an indictment. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to follow through on that indictment and put that man in jail. And I don't really care about anything. the arraignments either. Right. Like, like it does yeah. not, it does not send any message to this country yeah. about being just if you do not put him in jail. That's, right. that's what you do to other criminals, right? That, you look, put them in jail. You put we, black people in jail. We put innocent people in we jail. We put innocent people in jail. Yeah. We put children in jail. But you won't put him in jail? Let, Don't talk to me until y'all put him in jail. We, we, You've always been able to buy your way to freedom in this country. And I mean, we can we can go back to the founding, right? 1619 yeah. Project, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you Money talks and it allows you to walk. And so when you look at, you know, Donald Trump, we... And, and this is actually why my grandmother said to me this weekend that where there's smoke, there's fire, because she was like, there's no way all of these people for all of these years have been lying on this man. There's no way. Uh, what what can Williams character. say? If somebody if somebody had been saying the same thing about you for 30, 40, 40 years, they're not lying. It's the truth. Yeah, somebody right. is telling the truth about you. And so, you know, I, I want to remind y'all, like this man was on trial for the rape of a 13 year old girl when he ran first time, the first time. And what's, what, what makes me sad is that these indictments are only helping him because he is able to spin the story that part and, and, and saying, well, see, they're after it, me. Yeah. It's because it's I'm, I'm challenging the system. Yeah. See, and, and you have so many people, probably people who didn't read any of the banned books yeah. who are more than willing to believe this. That takes me to my point in saying, y'all read banned books. You need to find the list and just like dust them off. And, yeah. Um, There's a reason they are banning them. Yeah. And it's crazy. It, yeah. High 451. Oh my God. 
it's crazy that they're banning books. The like, bluest eye. Yeah. There, there are so, and I, I can't even lie. If I ever ended up on a banned book list, it's a badge of honor. Listen, it is a it badge though? of honor. Let me tell you, I heard Nicole Hannah Jones speak at SMU. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be there, and I'm so glad. I'm so, ha I'm so mad I missed it. I'm me so my, mad. Me and my mom went. I think my mom even told me about it. I didn't even know mm. we went. Um, I just, I was so moved. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was really like speaking the truth and she was not going back to our, our point about facts. Like she wasn't just saying her facts. Yeah. She was literally like, this is the first time, this is the first newspaper headline when the word critical race theory mm. was used. Receipts. I did not create that term. That's right. That cre term was created by Fox 4. That's right. <laughs> and their affiliates, essentially, that started to put that term out there. And then on this date, they said that's how, that term 87 times in one day. Like she was literally yeah. tracing the timeline yeah. of the, you know, just the way that they have painted her, yeah. like making her this villain. Yeah. And she is not a villain. It is this tool. I mean, she is speaking to history. Yeah. That's it. Like yeah. if, and I, so I got to sit in on her. Um, she has a, a CRT summer school, Ooh. the op-ed project. I, they actually just opened their applications for the new class. I'm going to send it to you. So I did it last summer and it's a, like a three day intensive where you actually learn mm. wh what her work is about, what, what Fox four called critical race theory. Mm -hmm. And when you actually learn it in depth, it's like, this is just teaching the history of the United States and how our policy and our legislation from the beginning since 1619 yeah. has shaped not only like the way that we live now, but also like yeah. <clears throat> how our policy is set up. And literally the reason that a South Dallas neighborhood can't, you know, can't hold on to their homes, but Highland Park has its own police department and is, has a hole in the middle of Dallas. Let's talk about right. It. So I'm like, this is this is just history, but to teach that would also mean empowering people and informing people yeah. so that they don't put up with your shit no more. Yeah. And you can't have that. Yeah. Like to keep people ignorant is probably one of the most powerful tools that our government has used time yeah. and time again. And can I just okay, this is gonna be kind of a term, but this is gonna relate. So I've found out recently during the TikTok hearings, mm -hmm. right? Because you TikTok I was recently in Montana, y'all. TikTok is apparently banned in Montana. There's TikTok is suing Montana though right now. They are. Yeah, because so, so what did I say? Montana was the first state to ban TikTok. TikTok was Montana was the first state to be sued by TikTok because exactly. of it. Because First Amendment law should apply there. And I'm like, how 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 do you enforce this? That's a totally separate story. But anyway, um, it is technically banned there. But when all these TikTok hearings were going on, I mean, there was just so much you know conversation going on mm -hmm. about TikTok. And I learned, which I didn't know, which you probably do know, is that there is a different algorithm for TikTok in, in China. China. Yeah. And they're feeding their children STEM videos mm -hmm. and educational things. They have a time limit. It's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're like dancing. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, look like, at this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like going back to, you know, this um, new world order of, you know, the video that I want to send you. 
this is how countries decline, right? When we think about 20 to 30 years from now, yeah. you know, the children who are watching dance videos over here, the children over there, like writing code and like doing sneak attacks yeah. on US elections. That's right. That's, that's right. That's how no. we've been proven. That's the that, thing. You know what you, I mean? So it, it, it look, my, um, this, and we, we got to move on because God, we could talk I about know, this all day. I know. But this, um, <laughs> this past weekend, my niece walked into, um, my room, she was helping to clean out some of my mom's old stuff. And uh, she found this math book and mm -hmm. she walked in and she was like, auntie, what is this? And she was kind of like chuckling at it. And I was like, oh no, like my mother was very serious about yeah. ensuring that not only we were doing well within LAUSD, but that also like we had extra work to do when we got home. And it never felt forced. I can honestly say that. Like, I, I never felt like my mom was forcing it. She made it fun. Mm -hmm. Like, she would, you know, buy games for us to, like, learn math. And she knew I was a bookworm. So, <laughs> for those that don't know, like, my mom had a, she had my oldest sister pretty young, which means she couldn't go to college right away. So, when I was a very little girl, um, I mean, literally almost 20 years <laughs> later, my mom decided to go get her degree. So when my mom was at Dominguez Hills getting her degree, she would bring her sociology books home to me. And that's how I became interested in a lot of this stuff that I'm interested in, because here I am, a five, six, seven year old girl mm -hmm. reading sociology books from a student at Dominguez Hills. And here we are, folks. And, and here, shout later. out to Look Deborah. Shout out to Deborah. But it, it goes to show that just providing our children with information yeah. gives them opportunities to just expand their minds whether or not i decided to go into writing or politics or whatever just just having access to that information changed the way i viewed the world and changed the empathy that i had for other people yep. and like the way i saw myself versus you know someone else who may not have been you know as gifted or or whatever right and then what sociology in particular did was allow me to see how everything was connected yep. like yep. oh yeah, like I opportunity met preparation met talent for me. And that's how I was able to quote unquote make it out. Yeah. But if that if that formula doesn't formulate just right yeah. for the same person on the same block that I grew up in, yeah. chances are they're gonna still be there. Yeah. And so, you know, just just providing kids with that information and a lot of that is held in those those dystopian novels that they're trying to ban from our children right yeah, now. Those yeah. stories are being told in a way that's entertaining, but it's teaching them life lessons about how all of us are connected and how this, this life is so intricate. And if you are not kind of in the right place at the right time with the right luck, you could very well be stuck. And that's the difference between me, someone who's more than willing to reach back and help the next person along and someone who's like, I don't really give a damn about them and I'm going to go get mine <laughs> and throw everybody else under the bus. Yeah. And so that's why I encourage parents, like I'm about to start working back with um, DISD for the journalism program. I'm encouraging parents, like buy the banned book list for your children before they're all burned, you I know, Fahrenheit. Too. Just FYI, I want to get involved. Say less. Let me know how. Carrie, you hear that? Dallas Free Press, y'all hear that? I would love we, to. We got it wrong right now. <laughs> we love it. Okay, no, definitely going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I'm 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 definitely with you, and I think um, I think yeah that that if they don't educate these children, they're going to fall behind. And I, I honestly, I think we're we're already we're seeing already it. Behind. So yeah, so yeah, we, we already there. So, so yeah, we got to come up. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do some more wine. All right. Let me go on and get to the next topic, so we don't keep y'all. Oh, this um American woman 
who was kidnapped in Haiti. Have you heard about this? Yes, I have. Okay. Okay. So let me give you a little background while I pour some wine. Um, so there is an American woman who was working as a nurse in, um, in Haiti. Um, if you have not been kind of paying attention to what's happening in Haiti right now, they are in political turmoil. Um, you know, gangs apparently are running amok. Um, many countries have called for uh, their citizens to remove themselves from the country because mm -hmm. of just the, the status um, and the state of the Haitian nation right now. Um, you'll also remember that, was it two years ago now? Mm -hmm. um, the then sitting president was actually, was actually yeah, like was, was manned. Uh, was killed and his wife actually had to be um, <laughs> yeah. taken to a Florida, yeah. you know, hospital, not only for safety, but for treatment. So just a lot going, going on in Haiti. So this woman who's the wife of the head of a nonprofit there, um, it is a Christian organization. I want to point out um, who provides services to the Haitian people and also, um, you know, spreads the, the gospel of Jesus Christ um, to the people she was taken along with her daughter. So it's being said that she was serving at a, at a clinic and a gunman walked in, he was masked and he, um, <laughs> pointed a gun at her and told her to be calm and demanded a ransom of a million dollars, took her and the child. Um, how the, old is the child? Do you know? They haven't said, um, I, yeah, they haven't said. I was I was gonna say I, th I thought the child may have been young, but I can't really confirm that. They're yeah, they're not releasing the name or age of the child, I guess, because you know yep. a minor. Yeah. But um, but we do know it's a little girl. That's one thing we did find out. So again, her husband is the head of this organization that she was actually working for. He grew up in Haiti in, in a in a neighborhood in Port-au-Prince, and um, end up coming to school here in the U.S. He got his undergrad and I believe his no he went to high school here and then graduated from undergrad here mm -hmm. um I believe he went to like Montana <laughs> for hey, for, uh, for, for high school crazy enough but um but yeah so you know they the U.S. government is working very closely with um you know obviously like Haitian police and their allies they're in in Haiti but one thing that I thought about y'all when I read this story and I've actually done an infographic on you know why Haiti is in the state that it's in now because I think it's easy for us to look at the Haitian nation and be like oh well they just need to get their shit together not thinking about the hand that our country has played in the state of Haiti mm -hmm. um and so I'll, I'll actually share that infographic when this episode drops on Friday um but you know, I, I thought to myself, like, you know, we have always been front and center when it comes to ensuring that Haiti isn't able to pull itself out of some type of political, financial, just just civic mm -hmm. turmoil. Mm -hmm. um, and now, crazy enough, not only are we working to try to get this woman back, which I do believe we should, right? Like no one should be taken hostage and, and held captive. Um, but Kenya is now going to other countries proposing to lead the charge into Haiti to partner with Haitian, um, police forces to restore order. 
And the problem I have with that is that it still doesn't fix the initial big wrong that was done to that nation ever since they won their freedom in, in the revolution and the fact that they had to pay reparations to the crown be, <clears throat> excuse me, be, because of their freedom. So, you know, I, I look at, I, I look at what's happening. I'm like, I get it. Like, of course I want this woman and her child to come home, but I do also think that our country and other countries alike need to admit that we have played a role in creating the situation that we're seeing in Haiti. And it doesn't help that title 42, which was a Trump era um, policy that kept certain migrants from certain countries from coming into the United States during the, the COVID-19 pandemic. It doesn't help that, you know, we continue to put these like nationalist slash racist policies in place to make sure that yeah. these people never really get a fair shot. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. That's a, it's, it, that is a tough one. So I will say, um, I have been to Haiti. Mm -hmm. Um, did I, you love it? It was beautiful. I loved it. It's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful country. Um, it is sadly also a country that is just so poverty stricken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of the history. Um, and when I saw this story, I did um, a little, you know, just digging around in the articles that you sent. Mm -hmm. I found like this little NPR podcast that was like talking about the history of Haiti. And mm -hmm. I don't think I, I mean, I have heard the history, but like, I didn't hear a lot of the details of it. Mm -hmm. And it really gave a lot of the details. And the guy that was talking about it is this guy, last name Diamond, can't think of the first name, but he wrote a book that I have read called Guns, Germs, and Steel. Mm, which okay. You would like that book. Okay. Which basically talks about... Um, you know, civilization and how we've evolved over many, many thousands of years to the industrial age that we're in now and technological age, honestly, that we're in now. But it was just such an interesting history to kind of hear um, about, you know, what has happened to Haiti. I mean, you know, I think in black communities, we talk about it as the, you know, the country that fought back mm -hmm. and was able to win their freedom, mm -hmm. but also like there's this black stamp that was placed on them because the countries didn't want to support or trade with them or do anything to support that country yeah. because they fought back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So That's it's right. just like, I just am personally of the mind that if the U S is lying to our children, we are never going to admit we're, we can't even admit our own wrongs yeah. here. So we, we will never admit the role that we played in the, damage i would say that has been done in yeah. haiti unfortunately and you know? and to think that we're going back to attempt to occupy again is, is occupy haiti are they yeah. talking about that well that's that's what kenya is oh occupy, is, yeah yeah sure. is um you know they're they're talking about leading the charge right but you you know we jumping on <laughs> we jumping on board like the opportunity to to occupy a country that we've been mad at for years yeah. for even winning their their freedom and their independence yeah. When, you know, we were banking on the slave trade yeah. in, in this in this country. Yeah. So, yeah, I, again, I, I really hope that this woman and her child come home. But I do think yeah. you're right in that, you know, for things to ever be right for that country, every country involved with the current state of Haiti has to 
take account for their original sin. And literally the world is not accounting for original sin. We do not even have time for this topic, but Meghan Markle so mm -hmm. fascinates me. You know what I mean? And like everything that's happening with her situation, with the, the crown, you know, in Britain and all of that jazz. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, I find it, I find it very interesting. So I think we are just like, our world is not at a place where it's like ready to reckon with the harms and the ills that have been done, you know, in the name of white capitalism. You, know? Do you think we'll ever be there? No. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't see it coming. I don't. And also we're burning our world up, so we may not make it. <laughs> we ain't got, we won't have time <laughs> exactly to do it. not a lot of time. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, relatively speaking. Yeah. I mean, we got time, but we ain't got that much time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I saw somebody say we got 80 years. <laughs> what y'all going to do with it? Well, maybe, I, again, back to the aliens. Maybe that's what they're here to tell us. I don't know. They're trying to take us with them. I don't know. All right. Last thing, and this is going to take us into the topic of freelancing. So let's talk about Yellow Cork. Yes. Y'all, this is a 99-year-old trucking company, almost a century old, um, who has big clients such as Home Depot, Walmart, mm -hmm. um, just some big boys on, on the roster, um, who recently announced just, I believe, last Friday mm -hmm. that they are ceasing operations and that um, at some point, all 30,000 of their employees are going to have to find Ooh. other employment or retire. 30,000. 30,000. 30,000 employees. A two, was it 22,000 of those are union employees, I believe? Yes, I heard that. Represented by the Teamsters Union, which, by the way, was just beefing with UPS. About their delivery drivers and, you know, making sure and I believe FedEx, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. And them just having basic necessities like air, yeah. AC in their trucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, so, yeah, the reason I even knew about it was because there was a video that was spreading all over TikTok where there there was a man in a um, it, it almost looked like a forklift forklift uh, forklift warehouse. And he was. Honestly, he was going off for good reason when you found out what he was talking about. So he was saying, you know, I gave you so many years of this company and you're telling me that I'm I'm not going to have a pension. Like, mm. how do you sleep at night? Like, you know, I got, I you know, 30 something years with y'all. This is this is just insane. Yeah. So as I did some digging, coming to find out that he actually worked for um, Yellow Corp. And what had happened was um, this actually goes back to kind of like 20, like 2008. So remember the housing market crash where yep. businesses were going on their left and right. So during that time, that's when their, their financial struggles kind of started. They went from having, I believe it was 26% of the market share for kind of freight and, and delivery to 9% in 2015. And it was because other companies like UPS, FedEx, Amazon, whatever, began to, you know, kind of move in on their market share. Now, they also took on a whole lot of debt during that time. Um, about, I believe it was $1.5 billion. $700 billion of that was from a pandemic error PPP loan that they took on in exchange for 30% of the stock. They failed to number one, manage their debt and, and their resources and their cash flow. They also failed to restructure the debt and to refinance it. Mm. And so, you know, shit snowballed. 
continue yeah. to snowball. <clears throat> and not only are they losing clients, so that means their revenue is going down, right? Yeah. Um, potentially the, 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 um, the union is negotiating. So their operating costs could potentially be going up at the same time. Their financial statements look terrible and you can actually pull those on their website, guys. Um, their Q1 statements are up right now. I actually read through them and it does show that not only were they losing tonnage, meaning the amount of you know product that they were moving every day, every month, every quarter, but also that their operating costs <clears throat> were, were ticking up slowly. So they um, had gotten into a beef with the union just a few weeks ago. And they told the union like, hey, we're strapped for cash. We're probably going to run out of cash and we won't be able to contribute to your pension and health care plans. The union was like, yeah, that's not going to happen because we still driving these trucks. So what's up? And there was a lot of back and forth. So the yeah. union had actually threatened a strike. Yeah. Maybe a week before they decided to so cease they operations. Didn't even get that far. Um, yeah, they, they couldn't even get that far. <laughs> right. Lord. By by, you know, a certain day last week, there was a notice going out, letting all the employees know that they were ceasing operations and that they had a certain number of days still on the books mm -hmm. and that, you know, the good majority of their 30,000 employees right now would actually be laid off. Now, they'll probably keep operating another portion of their employees for now to, you know, close out books and handle the bankruptcy and all of that. Um, but, yeah, this company is filing filing bankruptcy. And I, I think it's just so interesting because it just goes to show that when people talk about like millennials not staying with the company too long and, you know, moving around or freelancing or whatever, mm -hmm. that I think we've gotten used to these kind of stories where we know we cannot trust what our parents and our grandparents could trust your pension to be there, um, you, you to be able to live once you've given so many years to a specific company yeah. and really be able to, to, to take care of yourself and your family. Like I watched what my grandfather did with his salary, right. With our family. And I don't know anyone that could do that now driving, you know, heavy machinery or operating heavy machinery the way that, that my grandfather did. So I really want to get your thoughts specifically as a freelancer on, Number one, what happened with with yellow um, with with the yellow trucking company, but also like where you see the economy and the workforce going. Ooh, the second question, I got lots of thoughts. Okay, I mean, what happened with this company? I mean, mismanagement. I think we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started, and like I'm kind of convinced that if you can grow a company big enough, mm -hmm. <clears throat> like you know, you're fine. You'll be bailed out. You know what I mean? Like you'll. Mm -hmm something will happen and, and you'll be fine, which is so unfortunate. But when we think about those 30,000 workers that yeah. won't get their pension, like they were working their whole lives right. for that pension. And like today in 2000 and what are we in 23? Mm -hmm. I have one friend that has a pension and she works for a private company. Right. So it's just like, I don't know. Pensions anybody. are not a thing yeah. anymore. You know, my dad had, a, you know, had a pension from yeah. his job that he retired from after many, many years. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think mismanagement is uh, rampant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think we saw it with um, Silicon Valley Bank. You know yeah. what I mean? And what happened? They got bailed out because they couldn't fail because Too there goes fail. the yeah. economy with them if they went. Yeah. You know? So um, I think it's just, I think it's really unfortunate. Um, and I think that it is more prevalent than we realize mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you know these are the big companies that we're hearing about but there's medium-sized companies going out of business every day right like the people that are running them are 
they're fallible mm-hmm. for people. You mm-hmm. know, like I remember stories about when the crash in 2008 happened and like bankers were killing themselves, you know, jumping, jumping in front of trains. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like people are fallible. People make mistakes. Yeah. And, um, you know, some people pay fat, loose and fast with the numbers and that doesn't work. Well, and, and I mean, you think about 2008, right? Yeah. Like the big short, right? Really taught us what, yeah. where that even came from. Yeah. Right. The fact that these people knew that they were creating these, what, what did they call it? Cre- creative financing Cre- deals for people who should have never had these ever, loans. Ever. And they were bringing them in the front door and, and putting them out the back door. You know, over leveraging the whole system until it it literally crashed, and yeah. so it's like, did anyone go to prison for that? But we putting people in jail for blunt. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 just saying, people's pensions are missing, people's homes are being taken, people's lives are being destroyed. We yeah. worried about somebody smoking weed. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Yeah, no, that is. That is so true. I mean, and it's just like, I don't even know what to say about it, except for the fact that it is sad. And I mean, one thing I'm not even going to say I learned for myself that I stumbled into for mm-hmm. myself is that we can't rely on these companies. Mm-hmm. Right? I think I learned because I tried to get jobs that I couldn't get. And I'm like, who are you to tell me I'm not good enough mm-hmm. to do this work? Mm-hmm. So therefore, I, I charted my own path. Yeah. Right. So I stumbled into it. It's not because I was done wrong. Yeah. It's just like, I want to do what I want to do. And if you're not going to give me that opportunity, I will create the opportunity I love that. for myself, which is what I did. Right. But I think in the process of just being an independent consultant for the past four and a half years, praise God. Um, and paying attention to what's happening across the economy, mm-hmm. what's happening politically, what's happening to policies that are happening, what's happening in, across the globe, right? Cause it's not just the U S anymore. Like I think being loyal to companies is just, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, enjoy your job, enjoy your PTO, enjoy, you know, your 401k. Say that again. Enjoy your PTO. Enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it. Because I, I think that those things are so important. Right? Yeah. Like those are the American dream. It's, you know, what is the American dream? But, you know, those things are very important. But also Jamie Foxx had a stroke and he was lined up for a show. And they replaced they repl- him. There you go. And he's Jamie Foxx. That, that part. I mean? like, that so, part. Yep. Um, I just think that as as people, I think it's really important that we learn our own worth. Mm-hmm. Right? We talk about that. Like, know yourself. Know your worth. Mm-hmm. Know your worth in, in every sense of yes. in the word. Yep. Know your worth emotionally. Know what it what you deserve in relationships. Know what you deserve in your in your workspace, mm-hmm. and know what you don't deserve in your workspace. Right. So. Um, you know, long story short, the economy is changing really quickly. You know what I mean? And I'm not, and one thing I I always like to say, um, because I talk a lot about freelancing, contracting, consulting, because like, that's what I've done Mm -hmm. um, by necessity, right? Like, again, that's just kind of been my path, but I'm not advocating for people to go out and quit their jobs, right? I'm just saying this is an option. It it is happening. Mm -hmm. It is more beneficial for companies to not hire people that's right um yep. than it is for them to hire contractors to do the work that they need to be done yep. at any given time right i'm just saying as people as black people specifically like i think it's really important that we just understand um what our options are mm-hmm. and that we understand our worth and our value when we're going to work for these big companies yeah yeah i'm I- sorry that was tangent no, no, no. I, I loved everything because, I mean, crazy enough, the, the reason I even 
kind of got into freelances because of something that I saw it happen in corporate America, where, I mean, my job was safe, but I watched how many people had been there for years not be safe. Yeah. And I watched them be walked out the doors. And I remember me, me and a, a good friend of mine, um, you know, we sat there and we talked about it like, yo, that could be us. Yeah. Like, I don't, and I I remember thinking, like, I don't want my livelihood to be in the hands of someone who could walk me out of the door yeah. just because I didn't, I didn't make it above a certain line that they drew on a piece of paper. And what is the line? The line is nepotism. Yes. Right? Usually. <laughs> like a lot yeah. of times, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not even a real line. That's like, right. It's my friend. Like, nah, let's get a little. Yeah. Like, I, I, other friends me and her party. mom go to church together right. or whatever. So, <laughs> So yeah, hundred percent. And so, I mean, for me, like, you know, and y'all, I, I actually started freelancing with Laura. Like that's actually how I, how I started was, you know, working for her firm content wise uh, communications and yeah. really learning what it was to work with clients on a project base rather than, you know, yeah. with a corporation on yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> they, they threw at whatever yeah. the, the, the hot topic of the day yeah. was. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I think what, what we're seeing here is speaks to, speaks to what you're saying and don't take just yellow trucking company as the only example, right? You know, I do those morning updates every, every day. And a lot of <clears throat> tech companies are laying off 15, 20, 30,000 people at a time because a lot of times it's not about growing revenues. If they're in a, a saturated market already, yeah. The only choice is to cut operating costs yeah. or, or cut cost period. And most times for very large companies, the biggest cost on your books is going to be your headcount. And that's the first place that they look. Absolutely. And so when you see these companies cutting five, 10, 20,000 jobs at a time, yeah. it's, it's, it's usually because like they're in a market where they can no longer figure out how to grow their revenue. And so the only thing that their shareholders will really allow for when it comes to greater profits is for them to cut costs. And I think, can I just interject mm -hmm. really quickly? Because I think my, when I think about freelancing, like, I'm like, listen, again, I'm not telling people to quit your job, keep your job mm -hmm. and have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. But I think my point is when those times come, workforce reduction, right. okay, because they come, right? And we are in a season right now where people are laying off left and right. Yeah. If you get to the chopping block and you don't have a job tomorrow, I don't want black people to feel desolate. Like, mm. what am I going to do? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I, like I gotta, you know, get on unemployment. I gotta, no, you yeah. got a lot of skills working for that. Company, That's right. And you need to flip those skills and you need to go find a contract and you need to, I just don't want people to feel dependent yeah. on this corporation who will look over you in a second yeah. because you are operating costs that they can cut That's and right. they need to save some money. That's you right. know what I mean? Like, we need to have the same mindset. Not that we don't need to be loyal. You know what I mean? Because do good work. That's my whole philosophy. Like, I just want to do good work. Mm -hmm. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And that's a gift and a curse for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But do good work for wherever you're working. But also, if there comes a time where you don't work there anymore, just don't feel like that's the end of the road for you. Because yeah. it's not. Like, you have options. You always have an option. We always have an option. 100%. Free freelancing is so empowering, y'all. And especially I think when you're doing it while you're working your nine to five, like when you know that you got something going on on the outside, it's like, I'm gonna be honest, when I was freelancing with Lowe, 
you know, and working for the company that I, I, I left recently. Um, I, don't care. I, I really didn't care what happened at that company. I'm gonna be honest. Like if I got looked over for something, I was like, it's cool. Cause I'm getting some bread over here. Like I'm doing this thing on the side. So actually not getting that promotion is helpful yeah. because I got extra time to put into this. And so even if, you know, like, even if you, you start just figuring out what your thing is. And I yeah. think that's another, an, another big part is like, what do you add to society? Like all of us have a gift mm -hmm. that we can give, mm -hmm. you know, to help society. And so start thinking about that because there, there are ways to ensure that you can live mm -hmm. and take care of yourself. I don't care if it's you being a songwriter, a copywriter, a, a wood, woodsmith, a you know, you really good with figuring out what kind of grass people got and how to keep weeds out of it. Like there is something that you are good at yeah. um, that will allow you to kind of charter your own path so that if it ever comes to that, yeah. if it ever comes to that, you can, you can take care of yourself. And that's kind of the whole point of this conversation is not saying like walk in there tomorrow and be like, fuck y'all, I quit. Like I'm out. That's <laughs> don't tell them Laura and Marlis told you to do that. Please, that's not what we said. That we said that. <laughs> what we are saying is number one, we need to turn some lights on. <laughs> it's getting dark. <laughs> but number two, that um, that yeah, like you know, all of us have really good skills that that we can we can lean on. So that if that day ever comes, um, you know, you're not sitting up at night trying to figure out how to buy ramen for your baby. That's you right. Know? You know what I mean? That's like, real. And I think that's what it is. I mean, and you know, I feel like it's natural. I feel like we get, you know, it's, it's easy to get comfortable. You know what I mean? Um, it's super easy to get comfortable, but also I will say again, like I'm in a very like open phase in life. Like also doing this has made me tired, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've been doing it full time for four years. Yeah. So like, you know, I think, it always comes down to what is going to be best for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that that shifts and I think it changes over time, you know, like it what's good for you one day, you know, in fall of, you know, 2023 is not going to be what's best for you in spring 2025. Yeah. Right? Like, so I feel like we is, it is our responsibility to, you know, as humans evolve, right. Like that is what we do and determine what season you're in and what that looks like for you and doing what's best for you. I just think we always need an ace in the pocket. <laughs> I love that. Like an ace in the pocket. To it, like we just always need, we always need to move. There it know? is. Like ain't no, like you can't have anyone tell you that you are not good enough or that you can't work here anymore yeah. or that you don't have this skill or you don't have that skill. Like, no, it's okay. I, don't you worry. And I love that you say you charted your own path because <laughs> they attempted to tell you what you couldn't do. Um, I a hundred percent love that. And I crazy enough, like that's one of the reasons I stepped out myself was because they knew I could do it. I knew I could do it, but there were, there were others who had better connections than I did. And so I was just like, okay, bet. Like yeah. I'll, I'll go figure it out, yeah. you know, on yeah. my own, because it's obvious that you see the value. I see the value, but yeah. if you aren't willing to give me the opportunity, I'll go create it yeah. for myself. So and can I that. just say, I just want to say, like, I feel like that's why I'm so passionate about like this topic, mm -hmm. right. Is because, <sighs> because there was no one to, you know, show me to do this or that, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was, the doors were not open for me mm -hmm. in a way. And at this point, I feel like a trailblazer. Yeah. Like not like trying to be all high and mighty or anything, but like, 
I took the road less traveled and there could honestly be negative consequences to that. Right. Like when I look at the span of life, like I think sometimes we look at life like um, too quickly. Mm -hmm. But When you think of it over the span of a life, maybe over, you know, the course of my life, if I had worked for a corporation and if I had had a pension or something, I could have equipped, you know, accumulated more wealth. Mm -hmm. Let's say I, I don't necessarily know if that's the case or not. Right. Yeah. But I feel like, my spirit calls me to do things, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, I can't help what my spirit calls me to do. That's right. And, uh, you know, and therefore I really want to be able to talk to other women, to talk to other people, to talk to other people of color about what it looks like to have that ace in your pocket. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not saying quit your job. Mm -hmm. Don't quit your job. Keep your job. Keep your benefits because those are valuable. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Very valuable. Seriously, yeah. As someone who is like 30-something years old. Come on, 30-something. And I'm like experiencing health issues in a way that I haven't before. Okay. You know what I mean? At this age of my life, like yeah. health is, is very important. Yeah. Right? Like having those benefits. I have a private insurance plan that I pay for, but- you know, it's, it's different than like having a company that's going to pay for that. Right. So can, can we talk about like the history of healthcare being tied to your job? Yes. To, oh, so I, I will just tell you, I think that the next big, 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 big fight that will be won in the United States is going to be United health, uh, universal healthcare. It needs to be done. It needs to be, it needs to it be done. It needs to yeah. be. It, 100,000% yeah. needs to be done. There, there's no reason that yeah. we all pay taxes and my neighbor's baby can't go to the doctor yeah. if he breaks his arm. Yeah. Like yeah. there, there is nothing in me yeah. that is opposed to us yeah. having a benefit that allows all of us to live a healthy life. Like I, yeah. I, and, and for people who are like, that's socialism. Well, remember we just bailed all these banks out. And yellow trucking company was living on bailouts for the last almost 15 years. Yeah. So before you start screaming about me being a socialist, number one, I am. <laughs> Let's start. There. Let's start there. And number two, it's always capitalism for the poor and socialism for the rich. Yeah. Like, remember that when you when you hear these people talking about how we can't have a universal health care plan, it works in other wealthy countries overseas. Every day. It works. Every day it works. I was literally just in the UK mm -hmm. in May. And I remember I was catching an Uber in London and I ended up striking up a conversation with Uber driver. Mm -hmm. It's like, we started talking about freelancing. Yeah. It came up. And he was like, yeah, you know, um, I'm a freelancer too. You know, I do this and I do that and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And I was talking about, we were talking about healthcare. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, the difference is y'all have universal health care over here we don't have universal health care in the u.s and he was like we do you know mm -hmm. i can't even <laughs> he was like do. yeah he yeah. was like you know it's not the best but if i break my arm i can go to the emergency room and i can be seen that's and I right can be taken care of and i think that at a, in a country like this i think that we are just so far behind not having yeah that. i think we need it and i think you know we got a lot of social issues to get through you know what i mean that we're debating in you know, political spaces right now, but I think the next big fight that's going to happen that will be one will be universal healthcare. Hey, and, and for that to happen though, it would mean big pharma not making their record profits because that, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, healthcare is, is, is the way it is, right. Is, is that there are the few who continue to profit off the fact that, you know, <laughs> 
we have to we have to be tied to these jobs. We have to be tied to these prices mm-hmm. so that we can have this health care that will, quote unquote, offset the price that's set by Big Pharma in the first place. Yeah. There's no reason that uh, what is it? The um, the shot for uh, people with allergies. What yes. is it called? Um, um, Epi. The EpiPen. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which costs, you know, maybe dollars mm-hmm. to manufacture is up in the hundreds and thousands of dollars when it gets to the actual consumer. But that is so that, you know, these insurance companies have a job, Yeah. right? It's, it's quote unquote negotiating the price down when the price should have never been that high in the first place. So I'm with you. I I think I I love what's happening with the unions. And so shout out to the teamsters who have been very active recently, Mm -hmm. as far as making sure that their workers um, are, are really sharing in the profits of these very large corporations that they give their life and their time and their, their health and their, you know, their, their, their goodness to every day. Um, I'm loving the resurgence of my mom was a, was a union worker. And so I got to see the union very up close and personal, even at a very young child, as a very young child. And so I do know the power of collective bargaining. So I've never been part of a union, but I do really love to see what what union workers are doing right now. Well, you need to join the Freelancers Union. Like, I mean, how I get on? Freelancers like, Union is the largest independent union for independent workers in the country. I love Okay, representing send, more than 60 million independent workers. So come on, y'all. Join us. I'm about to be part <laughs> of the Freelancers Union. And because, yeah, I am officially a full time freelancer now. Um, I don't work for any one particular company, but rather yeah. spread my goodness. And that really sounds hoish, right? Um, <laughs> good night. But I spread my goodness um, to the masses, whoever yeah. whoever's willing to pay me what I'm asking yeah. for and not and not make me lay my morals and my ethics down. So yeah, that's part of it. Good yeah. stuff. All right, y'all, we got to wrap up because we took a long time today. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, uh, 4152 Entertainment. They created a drink, a cocktail of the month for us. We did not drink it today because Laura's on wine. And I'm actually not here. It, yeah, I got it, but it's tequila. I didn't think you wanted it. I have a little bit. You have a, okay. I just taste. All right, so I'll I'll put the recipe out, but y'all, it's uh, it's it's tequila. Pineapple juice, orange Red Bull, which I didn't even know existed. Red Bull makes me nervous. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I was like, I'm going to stay up off that. I'm going to stay up off that. And um, you garnish it with an orange uh, no, uh, orange slice and a cherry. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really cool. So, shout out to 4152 Entertainment. Um, and then, yeah, I um, I want to know, Laura, like, what you mad about this week? What, what has pissed you off so far this week? Mad? What oh you mad gosh. about? You ain't mad? I'm mad about stuff all I'm the time. I'm not mad. I'm happy. You ha- I'm what you happy, happy about then? Um, I am, uh, you know, I'm just really happy with life, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a really good place. And like, ha- like a good place doesn't mean that everything is as I want it to be. It okay. just means my perspective on life is so full mm-hmm. right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like, I'm good. Like, I'm working out well. My body's looking good. You know what I mean? Like, I am, you know, doing work that I care about. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I get to connect with people that I love. Like, I'm so appreciative of my friends. You know what I mean? Friends, when we get older, are you know, it's a journey, mm-hmm. right? Like there's people that, that was with you that ain't with you no more. There's That's friends real. that are new friends that are like now with you. Like, That's you real. know, these things bob and weave. But I'm like, when I look at the people in my life, I'm like, I love these people. These are my people. My I tribe. love that. Um, 
So I'm happy, you know. I, I love that. I look good. I smell good, you know. Come on, look good. And and she does, y'all. Uh, all you know, all of the above. I, I just, I'm good. I feel like I'm happy. I'm not mad, girl. I'm not mad. All of the above. I love that. And now you're making me feel bad for complaining, but I, no, it's okay. I, I have. What you mad at? Tell okay. Me, please, please. So, please. God, American, all of the United States based airlines, okay. I'm pretty much mad at them at okay. this point. Okay. Because I remember when, you know, we were younger, like, say you got the opportunity to take a flight, right? My family didn't have money. So I would take a flight every so often. It was rare. But I do remember it just being more hospitable Mm -hmm. then. Like, if you were on a long haul flight, you got a meal, right? You got a blanket, all of that. Now, you damn near got to fly the plane yourself to to get where you want to go. Like, these, these airlines are like bare minimum just basic fare, you paying for a seatbelt and a sip of water. So yesterday, um, come on, call him. I'm trying to figure out if I'm gonna call him out or not, because I'm trying to get my money back. (laughs) Call him out. So yesterday I was, I saw, I went to LA last minute trip. I wanted to see my grandmother plus, um, extended family was having um, a family reunion. So I was like, okay, it's kind of the perfect weekend to go. So I get out there having a great time. I wanted to fly back yesterday because I knew I, I would be with you today. So I'm like, I, give me a day, right? To kind of get set up, get everything together. So I'm not rushing. Yeah. So my flight was supposed to leave at 7 p.m. It started getting pushed back. And I'm like, all right. I'm thinking it's the Mojave Desert uh, fires and the Nevada fires. That's the reason. So I'm like, all right, I'm giving them some grace. It got pushed back to nine. Then it got pushed back to 11. Then I got another email saying, no, we leaving at 745. Then I got another email that said nine. Then I got another email that said 11. So you were starting last night and then they pushed till this morning. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I'm like, okay, what am I to do? Right. The last time that happened, I ended up sleeping in the LAX airport. Oh no. Yes. So I'm worried that I'm going to have to do the same thing at this point. Yeah. Here's why I really got offended and why I'm mad. Yeah. Because you know what they did to compensate us? They gave you some free snacks in the little lobby. They sent us a meal voucher, but guess how much it was for? $20. $7. What can you buy in the LAX airport Nothing. for 7 Everything is $20. Every, the, a bottle of water is $20. I a was, bag of chips is $20. I was LAX. offended. I was offended. And then, and then as they continue to wait, 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 at this point, I'm like, well, let me just go to the airport because they keep switching between 9 and 11. So I was like, let me just go to the airport. I get there. And that was this morning. That was last night. Last night. Yeah. So it was 9 p.m. and 11 p.m., which means oh, okay. if so, say 11 p.m., I wouldn't get back till 4 a.m. this morning, mm-hmm. Dallas time, mm-hmm. central time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, get to the airport. Then they send us another email talking about we're sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's never a good start. <laughs> and they hand us a raggedy little $25 voucher for our next trip on the same airline that needs to be used before October 31st, 2023. Mm, yeah. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm 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 upset because yeah, I got in at four something this morning. Yep, hence why my video was very sleepy in the face um, this morning. But I also feel like it's because of the same stuff that we're seeing with Teamsters and these other companies where it's really about just cutting costs rather than operating at a level of just decency for your customers. And it was probably cheaper. And I've worked in finance, y'all. I can promise somebody was in a spreadsheet doing the math. Is it cheaper to give everybody $25, $50? 
or to get a crew to this airport at this time and pay the crew and the pilots so that we can get their, these people where they need to go in a, in a decent amount of time. Yeah. I can promise you they chose the, t- the cheaper option. And the cheaper option was probably give them $7 for a muffin yeah. or half of a muffin. Yeah. And twenty five dollars that they have to use on the same airline before October. <laughs> they only give you twenty five dollars. That's a joke. Oh, I'm going after my money you though. Can keep that. I'm, keep, I'm, keep because why would I even want to fly with you again? What twenty five dollars is not the taxes on a ticket. That's right. That's not even the taxes. That's, that's not even my bag fee. That's not the bag fee. Uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating. So yeah, that's what I'm mad about today. Okay, so I know an airline you flew, but we don't have to talk about that. It but, could be one of few when you think about it. it. But I know which you know which one. What color are they? We gonna let you get your money back. We're okay, and then we'll talk bad about her, and then we'll talk. But um, yeah, yes, I agree with that. I'm just gonna say, and I just this is a general PSA that I think it's really important for businesses to do better, right? I think customers are demanding more, and I yeah. think the bare minimum is no longer enough, yeah. right? Like the bare minimum in the case of yellow corp the bare minimum in terms of our airlines yeah. like you know i will pay twice as much for a place where i know where there's good customer service that's right. and there's good product that's whatever right. that thing may be just to keep the stress off of myself right yeah because i'm like i'm gonna go here's gonna be very pleasant i'm willing to pay extra for that yep. because i don't want to deal yeah i'm not haggling with you to then have a bad experience. I, I'm with you. Like, I'm not going to do it. I'm with you. I'm with so. you. All right. Laura, tell the people where to find you so we can get them out of here. Laura K. Wise, everywhere you want to look. <laughs> everywhere you want to find that girl. <laughs> Laura All the K. Wise. Laura, ask for Laura K. Wise. That's it. <laughs> L-A-U-R-A-K-W-I-S-E. That's it. I love that. All right. IG, Twitter. All of the places on the internet. Uh, the thread. Spill you on there. You can find Boom. me at Laura K. Wise. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Laura, for having me like and, and being with me. Um, I got to see Laura at the uh, Toast for Charity sneaker ball yes. this past Friday. And we, well, we had a time. We had a time. We had so, a yeah. Time. Shout out to Lamar and the amazing work that they're doing over there. Um and yeah, so we'll be back uh, next week live with the amazing, uh, he goes by Great Black Century, so that's what I'm going to call him, but he's an incredible artist, y'all, um, recording artist and visual artist. A lot of my artwork in my house actually came from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he'll be sitting with me uh, next week. And yeah, y'all continue to, to tune in because the lineup is fire. Can I, can I have? two seconds two seconds give it to him two seconds is that i really just want to give you your flowers because i feel like to your point we we i've known you for 12 years and i feel like when we both ended up in dallas we got a lot closer and i've just seen you grow and bloom and you do this and it's so professional and (laughs) you are i'm just so proud of you thank you i just want to say like you are absolutely amazing you know i was telling a friend the other day i'm i'm going quick i promise i was telling a friend the other day i went to see beyonce twice y'all so yeah. far i got another show coming but there was a point <laughs> in the show where there was a screen that popped up mm-hmm. and it literally just said anointed and i was mm-hmm. like yes beyonce is anointed mm-hmm. i think you're anointed thank you to do this oh my God. and to deliver this message thank you that's all i got yo i'm done you're gonna make me cry don't I'm do done. that don't do that <laughs> Yo, that Laura, that means the world. Seriously. Seriously. That that means and it it's amazing that Laura is my first guest for um for the relaunch of the show because Laura is the one who told me like 
yeah, like don't write shit else for free. Don't write like, and so, you know, to have someone pour into you like that when, you know, a lot, a lot of times, like I, I was raised by people who had nine to five jobs and don't quit that good job, girl. That's what I heard growing up. So mm-hmm. to have someone pour into me who had no reason, right? No reason to really pour into me is, is a big deal. So thank you for saying that. And that, that I'm, I'm going to carry that with me. So as this show grows and we are claiming that it is anointed Amen. and that it will do anointed. what it's supposed to do um, for society and for the world. So. I trust it. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, we're going to get out of here. Um, thank you all for, for joining us. Um, follow Laura at Laura, Laura K. Wise. Everywhere you want to look. Everywhere. She, she out here. <laughs> she out here. And um, follow the Green Route um, at the Green Route Pod. Um, again, everywhere you want to look. Um, yeah, appreciate y'all, y'all being with us and, uh, we'll be back next Wednesday at 7 PM with great black century. So y'all tune in nice. later. All right. Bye. Later.